0: With the text in matthew and we're gonna go to matthew 19 and we're gonna read about a person who was like who was talking to jesus and was like you know what jesus i want to go all in for you i want to give it all i got lord and you know jesus i i would love to know the facial expressions he gave in some of these parables and stories and all that Because when Jesus, because his response made me think he looked like, sure you do. But Jesus goes on to list things out. And he lists out, hey, if you want to follow me, then it matters how you treat your marriage. It matters where your heart is. It matters if you're a liar. It matters because following me means you're not living for you. So Jesus lists out these things specifically and says, have you done these things? And the guy says, oh, I definitely have. Like, he's confident. He's probably thinking, oh, yeah, I'm about to follow Jesus all the way. Here we go. But let's start at verse 20. Let's read his exact words. It says, the young man saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I yet? So he like, oh, Jesus, I got your list, and I'll raise you one, Okay? I got your list. I have been a good person most all my life. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But the young man heard this saying, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The young man was upset because he's like, I thought that I could just give the part of myself that I thought was good. And that would be enough to show Jesus I was all for him. But Jesus said, just doing those things does not matter if you won't give me everything. In many of our lives, We found ourselves torn between giving God some of us and giving God all of us. It's honestly one of the biggest struggles in the Christian faith. How much are you gonna give? And God gives us the choice. He lets us choose what we'll give and what we won't give. You know, I categorize this as okay. Am I going to give God just a moment of me, just a moment? I'll give him this situation. I'll give him that friendship. I'll give him this, just a moment? Or am I actually going to join the movement of Jesus Christ? My challenge this morning is to ask us all to evaluate whether we have joined the movement of Jesus Christ or do we just pull him in for the moments? Because right now, even in the middle of a pandemic, this is a moment. But this moment is exposing if we really are down for the movement. There's a lot of movements out here right now. Okay? And all of them will not be televised, amen? And even that phrase or saying, meant. I heard a breakdown um, by one of the folks who marched with Um, this person who made that statement and they said what we mean is in the mind is the biggest space of change it won't be televised because you can't see it and as believers in Jesus Christ we have to ask ourselves man have we given up enough of how we think to how God thinks Or are we allowing what we think to be manipulated by so many other movements? There's the movement of, I wanna be married, I wanna be married, I wanna be married. There's the movement of, I'm an independent career person. There's the movement of, I am a grandparent and I am a grandparent and I am a grandparent. All of these different labels and titles and things, before we know it, we live for them. They are life to us. And should God ever strip them away, who would we be? For some of us, we have been too caught up in how we think we should be. I should be perceived as this. So I'm going to do everything I can to protect that identity of myself. And what you don't realize is you have now moved yourself in the direction of making yourself the idol in your own life. Be careful that you don't turn into our four and no more. When God said, I called you to the nations. I've called you to generations. I've called you to more than just your immediate neighbor. So when we see movements online and other places that make us say, I'm choosing my race over God's plan. I'm choosing my class over God's plan. Ask yourself, where does God fit in or did you just put him down for a moment? You don't set God down for a temporary situation. You bring God into it with you. And that looks like the movement that counts because God don't care what our skin color looks like. He sees the heart of the people we are called to reach So when we start getting so angry and so upset, our actions will follow. And then we'll turn around and not even recognize the person that we used to be because now we're following a different movement. Today the challenge is that you choose and stay enlisted in the movement of Jesus Christ no matter what. And you may say, you know what, I have been down. Real talk, Pastor Priscilla, my emotions are low. I've been battling depression. I feel alone. There's so many things I can't do right now because of the situations in society. For some of us, even in the color of our skin, we're like, I don't feel safe going nowhere had someone tell me the other day, I have anxiety about encountering anybody crazy around me because I don't know what I'm gonna do. I think they may cause me to go into a straight up anxiety attack. So many of us in this season can feel restricted and bound and caught up in what's happening around us. And what those situations do is they, they almost pull you to a place where you decide, you know what, I'm just going to take care of me. And somehow that take care of you can be separate from following Jesus. Here's what I mean. In a day, you know, part of what we're doing with um, sisterhood and discipleship is there's an ask that they're praying at least four times a week. And, you know, to all of you super holy Christians, you're like, only four times? but let's get real. Praying undistracted four times a week for at least five minutes, ask yourself, do you do it? Can you do it? Is it protected time for you? Now, if a believer finds himself not praying, who are they getting their their directions from? If you're not talking to God, and you may say, oh, I have the Spirit of God inside of me. But eventually, a person who's not talking to God and who's not waiting to receive, or at least being still in his presence, should he want to talk back in your heart, that person can easily start to not be able to tell the difference between their voice and God's voice. Then, when things get big in life, It's, I need somebody else to pray. I need somebody else to tell me because you can't hear anymore. If you say, I have to be in the presence of others to pray, there is no direct relationship and that is why praying and talking to God undistracted is so important. Because you need to hear him tell you about you. You also need to develop a stronger trust in God. And that trust comes from conversation. It comes from hanging out with him. It comes from getting to know the feel of his spirit. And in the beginning, many times, or if you've been in a drought, and then you're starting over in this, it feels like God is so far away. Let's go to Jonah. And I wanna look at Jonah's life for a moment because Jonah was a person who knew God. How do we know this? He was a prophet. God used him. God would give him a word. He was called to go places and minister to those people. And believe it or not, that's a hard job. Jonah said, "Um, let me not get ahead of myself. Let's go to um, chapter one, verse one. I believe I'm in message. I believe that I changed translations for this one. Whenever it's an Old Testament story, I I like the, the character it brings out. Verse one, it says, On one day long ago, God's word came to Jonah. Okay. Amittai's son. Just take it. Just take that, Amittai. Okay. Up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh, preach to them, They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it anymore. In this scripture, you see God is telling Jonah, hey, there's some people who have been doing a lot of bad. And what did God say? I can't ignore it anymore. Even that sentence shows you that God has patience for a while. God will let you act up for a while before consequences hit And here, God is saying, Jonah, I need you to go take a word to them because I can't do it no more. Verse 3, but Jonah got up and went where? The other direction. To Tarshish, running away from God, the word says. Oh, to run away from God. Can you really? Of course not. He left God's presence. He left God's presence, went the other way. Why? Because he didn't want to obey God. This is us, guys. I don't want to do what God told me to do. I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to give that. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to give no grace to them and all the Karens. I'm going to continue to judge and crucify and condemn and on, I don't want to obey your way, God. I'm going the other direction. This is us. Lord have mercy. It goes on to say, went down to the port of Joppa and found a ship, headed to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board, joining this group as far away from God as he could get so Jonah didn't just say I'm leaving where I am and turning the other direction he said I'm going as far away as I can now if you stop right here in this text the the obvious question is why in the world is Jonah running Jonah been doing this job for a grip why now is Jonah saying I don't want to do it anymore because Jonah was prejudiced Jonah had turned his heart against a whole group of people and did that matter to God no God said I want them to hear me and know me I want them to have a choice and so he sent who God's people we are God's people doesn't matter how of an how much of an introvert you are. Doesn't matter how unqualified you feel you are, or if you feel like your life and your actions are jacked up. You know that there'll be a time where you come across a person, no matter how far away you feel, and you'll feel a nudge that say, "From Jesus, saying, tell them about me." God will use whoever He needs to to get to whoever He needs to. Amen. It goes on. And I think I'm going to skip up a little bit here. Let's go to Jonah chapter 2. You guys may know this story. Jonah gets on this ship. He's on the ship. Storm's coming. And everybody on the ship knows. They say, somebody done done something wrong. Because this ain't supposed to be here. So we need to cast lots. They said, we're going we gonna to throw these dice real quick. <laughs> and we're going to figure out who, who this is. Cause And none of y'all saying that issue. Notice how far Jonah let the lie go. So quick this prophet turns away from God and then he can't even admit he's the cause. He lets them go through all these motions trying to figure it out. Then finally he gives in, it's me. And what did they do? They recognize his God because God got glory even in his disobedience. But then what? The consequences hit they throw him straight off board. They was like, dude, you need to go handle this with your God in the ocean. Okay? All right? You in the ocean because you're bringing badness to us by your disobedience to God. So he's he's swallowed up by the creature. Jonah's now in the belly of the whale. And eventually Jonah starts speaking because we know in the word that Jonah was in there for a couple of days. So that means that he was still so upset at his assignment, it took him days in the lowest of low before he opened his mouth. He was that mad. How many times have you been that mad? Yet God loved you anyway. That ticked off at him, at them, at that. And it took you a minute. (coughs) It ain't Corona. It took you a minute. My throat is so dry. It took you a minute before you did what you had to do. So, in chapter 2, Jonah finally opens his mouth. He finally says something. Let me see here. Here we go. Jonah says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. He's like, this consequence is so bad, I'm going to start talking now. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I. This is where he feels like he is. And thou heardest me. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compass me about. All thy billows and thy waves pass over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again. Everybody say again. I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to thy soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about. The reeds were wrapped about. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars and about me forever. Yet hast thou brought my life from corruption, O Lord God. Even in Jonah's lowest point, Jonah is saying, I ain't always been a saint. You brought me up from corruption. Every time I turn my heart towards you, God, you hear me. Every time I call your name, You respond to me and that is us right now. That is us in this moment. It doesn't matter how holy or unholy you feel. When you turn to God, he hears you every time. And he also wants us to help bring others to him that they may hear him and their hearts may also change. In the name of Jesus. We know what happens in verse 10. Then God spoke to the fish and it vomited up Jonah to the seashore. What I find so powerful in this moment is that God spoke. This is the second time God spoke in this text. The first time was to give instruction. But until Jonah repented, he didn't say another word. Until Jonah repented, God said nothing else. So here in this text, Jonah took all this time running away, taking boat trips, being in the belly of a whale, and God allowed the consequence of his actions. God, I would even say, brought about the great fish to help Jonah realize he needed to make some real changes he needed to look inside tell me this pandemic hasn't caused you to think about everything about your life for some of us we are in the belly of the well right now we're like Lord is this it I need to repent well Lord hear my cry cause I need this over with <laughs> yes come on <laughs> because God doesn't want us to stay here. That's the point. God wants us to come out of the belly of the well. But he requires something from us. He requires repentance. It is so arrogant of a believer, and myself included, when we can go day to day and not ask God to even forgive us for anything. We know we've thought the wrong thing, murmured, complained, done all the... There's so much. To go day to day and not even ask God to forgive us? Who do we think we are? It's something I check myself on because it's it's one of those stopping points for me in my life where it's have I talked to God today? Because if I haven't, especially because I I pour out to you guys online and other places, then I will get off of the the movement. And it's the same for you. Do you give yourself the chance to actually listen? And when you do, do you repent of anything? Do Do you ask God, God, forgive me. Help me to turn this thing around. Or do you just pull God in for those moments when you're upset and God will take those but you can't stay in a moment. Honestly, life is hell living moment to moment. Completely. Because in one moment you're high off of life. You know, oh, I got paid today. Yes. Okay? You do what you do emotionally. Oh, Then something happens, oh, you're mad, you're ticked off. Then you can't bring yourself back. Oh, then this situation happens, and you, I mean, you're trying to figure stuff out. Oh, gosh, they get on my nerve, whatever. And because your flesh is so strong, you now feel like you can't do anything to keep your life stable. You feel so far away from him. So then you take a moment, and you ask God to forgive you, maybe, or you ask him for help, or God fix this. But then you keep moving on, leaving God where he was. And what happens? Up and down, up and down, and up and down. We know it, we've all been there. But then God says, I need you to actually live through me. Where when the lows come, you don't hit the bottom because I'm holding you up. You've given me permission to be here. So what do we need to repent of today? What do we need to give God permission to get involved in today? God, get involved in my marriage. God, get involved in my emotions, my self-esteem, my self-worth. God, get involved in how I handle people. Get involved in what in my discipline father God's massive power can help you curb any appetite you have for wrongdoing he is completely strong enough but will you give him time by staying in the movement of Jesus Christ to get free some of us that was the last best time in life we ever had some of us got that Christian heyday. I remember in 1922, when this was and that was, and the tent revivals and, uh, God should be in your moment right now. Right now. That means when you walk out of here and go through your life and go through your day to day, it should be shaking a little bit after this. You should be thinking about what needs to come out of your face, out of your eyes. You should be thinking about apologizing to some people and taking some strides. You should be thinking about what it should look like because following Jesus, we know it ain't easy. But you also should know by now, you can't do it without him. So let's choose the Jesus movement all the way, amen? Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.